Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Karen comes to your office today because of her chronically interrupted sleep. She's 52 and started with her menopausal symptoms about a year ago. Her last period was about five months ago. Initially, the symptoms were infrequent, night sweats and trouble sleeping, hot flashes as well, but now they're happening up to four times a week and sometimes more than once a night. She's very frustrated and tired. She realizes this is affecting both her home life as well as work. To make matters worse, she worked very hard a few years ago to lose about 15 pounds, and now because she's so tired, she finds herself eating late at night and making poor food choices. Joining me today to discuss how to help patients uh, get through their menopausal symptoms is Jill Terrian. Jill is Associate Professor and Director of the Nurse Practitioner Specialties Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Thanks for coming today, Jill. Thank you, Frank, for inviting me. Well, Karen sounds like many of our patients. Um, menopause is very hard, and quite honestly, Karen is suffering. What can you tell us about the best evidence to help her address her sleep issues as she goes through menopause? Right. So this study uh, just came out, and it's a series of randomized controlled trials looking at basically seven interventions that work with women that are in perimenopause or are in menopause that have um, a variety of symptoms, including insomnia, um, vasomotor symptoms, and um, you know that include night sweats. Basically, they looked at seven interventions over four different randomized controlled trials. And in the final trial, that really focused on the insomnia. The participants in the trial had to have moderate to severe insomnia issues, as well as um, what they used was a questionnaire to look at vasomotor symptoms, and they basically had to have at least 14 occurrences of the vasomotor symptoms in the two weeks immediately preceding the trial. Wow, so quite severe symptoms. Yes, very bothersome. Um, and we know that 85% of women have a variety of symptoms that they are very bothered during their perimenopause and their menopause. So anything that we can suggest to them that we know works is really helpful. 85% of, of half the po adult population is a very significant number of people. Well, as we begin trying to think about how we're going to help Karen, um, what are the things do we need to know about her um, to, to try to help make a decision about what interventions to try? Well, I think it's important to you know, have this information from these studies, but it's also important to know what has she tried already and where is she at. We already know that she is not happy that she is making some poor food choices, especially if she's worked hard to lose weight. It's very difficult for women, especially in menopause, to lose weight. There's a lot of Absolutely. hormonal changes and you feel up, you feel down, and it, it can be hard. And if you don't have sleep, good sleep, then we know that that's definitely a consequence. So we want to know, you know, what is she doing um, basically as far as food choices? What is she doing for exercise? 
What other comorbidities does she have? Is she on meds for any other reasons? Um, and so you can work with what you already know about her. Important to know is alcohol intake. Um, and when she's having her last meal before she goes to bed, because you wonder, could you know, GERD be a problem? Mm -hmm. You know, it's very, very common. You mentioned so, alcohol. Why is alcohol important? Well, because you want to know quantity and you want to know type. We know that some uh, adults in the general population, you know, can have sleep disturbances based on what they take in for alcohol. So is she going with the recommended guidelines of what we know about alcohol? Um, red wine, white wine, um, you know, or, you know, basically hard liquor. And how much is she consuming and when does she consume it? All right, so it's very important to look at her past medical history, her med list, and then take a very good social history, um, seeing if any of those things play a factor in, 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 her, in her symptoms. So it looks like this is a fairly comprehensive study. What were the findings? What worked? Well, a lot worked, which is good to know that you have choices. It's just some things worked better than others. So they had looked at um, exercise such as yoga. Mm -hmm. They had looked at um, active aerobic exercise. They looked at omega-3 fatty acids. They looked at estradiol. And they looked at um, some SSRI and SNRI um, interventions. And then they also looked at um, cognitive behavioral therapy as well. And what they found is that overall for insomnia symptoms, um, cognitive behavioral therapy um, had, had very good outcomes overall. So Jill, how do these interventions compare in treating insomnia in the perimenopausal period? Well, it's, it's interesting to know that um, out of the seven interventions, um, they know that omega-3 supplements did not help at all. Um, and that cognitive behavioral therapy had the greatest effect on sleep and, its improve, and improving it. And that cognitive behavioral therapy intervention had the greatest effect on improving sleep. Great. Wow. So cognitive behavioral therapy was actually more effective than things like medications, SSRIs, and estrogen? Yes. Um, and for those of you um, that, that look up the study, you'll see that, you know, everything had a benefit except the omega-3 and it was on a little bit you know depending on what they looked at you know the cognitive behavioral therapy came out on top okay so um, it sounds like uh, of all the options we have we should be incorporating cognitive behavioral therapy which is a wonderful idea but it's very hard to implement in practice um, how do we advise Karen today so advising Karen as we talked about, we wanted to know what she was doing on a regular day anyways and how she was problem solving maybe on her own. But I think that, you know, depending on how much you use cognitive behavioral therapy and referrals in your practice and then talking to the patient if she is interested in it um, and then what is going to be covered for insurance and how easy is it for it to get. But there are some online self-help cognitive behavioral therapy programs that, that Karen could try. So you have a range from having an actual therapist working with her to her working possibly with you and herself. So it sounds like we should broaden our approach towards dealing with perimenopause, not to just focus on medications. Uh, at a minimum, the most effective being cognitive behavioral therapy. Find a way to integrate that for Karen. Doesn't mean we probably still could not add a medication if things didn't improve. Uh, but it is good to know that some things don't work, and I think 
folks have high interest in omega-3 fatty acids and they, they just often don't help that much. Well, this is really important. Thank you, Jill. I think going forward, we all need to be more aware of how the perimenopausal period uh, presents challenges and be more effective in trying to help patients address them. Agreed, Frank. Thank you. Practice pointer. 85% of women experience symptoms during the perimenopausal period that include vasomotor symptoms, sleep disturbance, psychological changes, urogenital changes, and sexual changes. Join us next time when we discuss the role of music training in young children's ability to develop executive functioning. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on primed.com. Thank you again for listening.